Hello and welcome to the Musty Creative Podcast. I am your host, Jesus, and I am joined by my friend and yours... Donatella Versace. Wait, did I use that one already? You've used Donatella before, but it's totally fine. Because we're thanking you for joining us today, even <laughs> though it's musty here because we've been working too hard. If this is your first time listening to us, we are the Musty Collective and we motivate ourselves to become better storytellers. 2020 is almost over. Thank the Lord. Yay. Yep. Worst year of my life. <laughs> yeah. I'm very happy to actually to, uh, to be saying that, right? Yeah. Um, so that's that's awesome. It's been crazy. Yeah. Um, so, with that, we're going to focus, reflect on some positivity, and talk about 2020's best stories, according to us. According to us. <laughs> yeah, and I just want to preface this, like, if we don't mention a story that you think should be on here, then just send us a message. You know, let us know. We can cover it, maybe have you on the show, do a little interview with you. Yeah. And even though it, like, it was quarantine time, like, we didn't watch every movie there was, so right. this is a very skewed list Yeah, just what we've seen, because we don't want to talk about movies we've never seen. Yeah, and again, we apologize that we we do have a book that we're reading currently, Ready Player Two, but we haven't finished it yet, so we don't want to give our, our, our thoughts on that yet. So that's pretty much the only book out of 2020 that we've read. That's mm-hmm. a story, Facebook. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, also just another preface: we don't go to every single streaming platform, so we don't have an HBO Max account. We don't have a Hulu. We just we don't have Amazon Prime. So we look at Netflix, and there's like movies we may have watched that we have watched that we just bought, um, and do we go to Disney Plus? Mm-hmm. So that's what you're getting. Because those are the type of movies we care about. These are the type of shows we care about. These are the type of stories that we care about. We also usually, we do, we have watched a horror movie, but we don't like watching horror movies. <laughs> so don't expect anything out of the horror genre from yes. us. With that, all that prefaced, let's start the show. Well, first category. Michelle, you want to take it away? Sure. Documentaries for 200. (laughs) Well, in the category of documentaries. Yeah, Yeah. so we have The Social Dilemma, The Last Dance, and Jeffrey Epstein, Filthy Rich. Now, these aren't the only documentaries we have watched, but these are ones that came out in 2020 and that we really enjoyed watching. Actually, Tiger King as well. Oh, yes. Thank you. Forgot that. Can't forget Tiger King. Cannot no forget No matter how Tiger much King. you want to forget, you cannot well, forget I'll let, Tiger so King. So I'll let you go first, because I actually barely watched Tiger King. Go ahead. I know you watched all the way through. You really enjoyed it. Um. Well, okay. Enjoyed is an interesting word. Yeah. Um. I was horrified. I was tickled. I was saddened and very intrigued 
there is this whole other life that people are living that I have no clue about. Yeah. Well, that, that's the beauty of documentaries because it really gets you into another person's shoes. Yes. But this person's shoes are boots and they have seen some pretty crazy things. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't want to give anything away. You guys should go watch it if you haven't already. But um, Or not, like me. <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's just, it's, it's just insane. And I don't think I will ever forget it. And the world will never let me forget it because they're going to make a movie starring Nicolas Cage. It's going to be around for a while. I'm shaking my head as, as she speaks. <laughs> All right, well, yeah. So, Tyra King... Uh, yeah. Well, it, the one that you were watching that I started watching with you was the Jeffrey Epstein one, right? Jeffrey Epstein, Filthy Rich. Uh, this goes literally over the entire case history of Jeffrey Epstein and his not just sexual assault or sexual molestation, but his predatorial techniques, tactics that he used, how he employed women. Um, to then bring in other women, to bring in young girls into his presence that he would then molest um, and assault. And and then talk about his private island and his connections with political people like Bill Clinton and Donald Trump. It's And also um, Prince, I forget which Prince in England, but there's a Prince in England that's under uh, investigation as well being tied to Gillian Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein. And then also the fact that they had a case on him in Florida and the district attorney of Florida or the attorney general in Florida let him go. Mm-hmm. Just let him go. And then they had to build the case up again. And then they got him, I think, what, eight years later. But then he mysteriously was, was found that he killed himself, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. So that's it, it was crazy, but for me, I know that some people didn't like the documentary series. They felt like it wasn't informative enough. I felt really informed because I didn't know anything besides the fact that people were saying that he wasn't really killed or he didn't really kill himself. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was really great. Um, I would definitely check it out now before it goes away because that's why I rushed to watch this because I felt like this is not going to be on Netflix for that long. It calls out too many powerful people. I feel like it's interesting and wonderful that at least it got released. Yeah, it was hard to watch at times. Yeah, just totally hearing agree. the stories from all the women that were abused and ugh. Again, this whole lifestyle that these people are living that like we yeah. have no clue what's happening or how deep it runs and how many people are involved and it was just yeah, it was crazy. Yep. Um Another film that was a little hard to watch was The Social Dilemma. Yeah, also came out on Netflix. Very good. Very good documentary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was more about, um, well, that was about social media and how these companies like Facebook and Instagram are roping people into using their services and in turn it starts to control these people's lives and... It's more like these companies are just using our data and our lives as like tools for them to make money. Yep. And 
it's not like us just using an app. It's like the app is using us in a way. So, right, right. Yeah. When you don't pay for something, you are the product. Mm-hmm. That's a very key thing. And But what I did like from this documentary, and like also, you know, for the other, for we're also going to talk about Last Dance. But The Last Dance, Jeffrey Epstein, Filthy Rich, and Tiger King were all docuseries. Uh, this was an actual documentary film, so you could watch it in one night. Uh, with the social dilemma, what I liked about it was it felt a little hopeful for me because now it's not just because um, as a software engineer, people have been talking about this for years on different forums and websites and blogs. Now the general public knows. Mm-hmm. Now people in high positions in these big tech companies know. Now even Congress knows. So I see a future where in the next couple of years there will be legislation passed to cut down on these bad practices of, of using data. Yeah. It's very eye-opening. Yeah. For me, who is not in the tech industry, mm-hmm. but has felt the addiction of my phone. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. And then, okay, on a, on a happier note? Is this a happier note? Yeah, I, th- I think so. The it was, Last it was Dance? really good. The Last Dance was amazing. Uh, just, it completely goes into Michael Jordan's basketball, NBA basketball career from the time that he was, like, drafted as a rookie. It does, it does talk about a little bit pre, like, in college and his, gro- his grown-up years, but what I loved about it was it gave me the full detail of his main career. Not the Wizards part. You know, usually people don't count that. <laughs> but his main career as a bull, it was amazing. Because I didn't know how tough it was for him. I had, I had seen some stories from like the 30 for 30 ESPN documentaries about the Celtics and the, and the Detroit Pistons. But now I got to see Michael's full story. And he produced it. And he had, he had asked camera people to follow him all these years. And... Then he finally was like, okay, I'm going to produce this. Hmm. And it, to me, proved without a shadow of a doubt that he is the greatest of all time when it comes to basketball. And without a shadow of a doubt, the grueling atmosphere of the game of basketball in those eras, what he went through with the loss of his father, coming back, winning back-to-back three Pete's. Uh, well, not back-to-back, but three Pete's. Two three peats, crazy, and all those MVPs, and playing all that defense and those stellar game winners, it was amazing, and I loved it. I loved watching. I loved hearing all the other players' uh, testimonies, uh, like Scottie Pippen, and that was just a lot, a lot of fun. Yeah, I didn't watch all of that with you, but I got to see a couple episodes, and mm. it was really interesting. Yeah, I felt inspired and motivated. I just, Michael Jordan, you're the greatest man. Mm-hmm. And until someone else really does what he did, he was perfect six <laughs> times and perfect in the championship round, going against some of the best players of all time. Yeah. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. And our next category is short, short films. films. Yes. So... Both of these are under the Disney umbrella, are they? Yeah, in the Pixar division. Pixar, okay. So the first one that um, we saw was Loop, yeah. which was a great film about an autistic girl at a summer camp and her encounter with another boy there. 
and how they learned to communicate with each other because she she's on the autism spectrum but she's an, she's nonverbal so that means she just sort of grunts and groans and squeals when she's happy and makes yeah. noise but she can't really say words and I thought it, it, it made me a little teary-eyed towards the end I thought yeah it was, it was a well done well done film yeah beautiful animation they actually casted a person on the autism spectrum to yeah. play the main character and it was just it was beautiful and yeah I just really really enjoyed it mm-hmm. and also on top of that, the secondary character, um, just a great portrayal of a young black man, um, teenage uh, boy, and that was really cool to see. Yeah, it was really cool, and it it really sort of opened up my eyes a little more to what it's like to be autistic and yeah. just people's experiences and how we do need to be more understanding and patient with them because they're experiencing life in a completely different way than we yeah. are. Um, so yeah, I thought that was really cool. You guys should watch it. Um, and then the second movie, short film that we saw was Out, which is a short film. Also by Pixar. Yes, also by Pixar. Um, but it was groundbreaking because it was the first Pixar film that lead was a gay character mm-hmm. so and it, yeah it wasn't like it wasn't the the regular hollywood trope gay character which was yeah. nice it was just he just loved another man yeah and yeah the whole story well i won't tell the whole story but um pretty much it's like the dread of him coming out to his parents yeah and him worried about them judging him and disowning him or whatever his fear was and so it's just like his pro- his very magical process of going through that experience so I thought that was it was really cool again very eye-opening and um it teaches you how to be more empathetic towards people that are different than you so yeah and it was just it was really well done uh exceptionally well done as far as the story is concerned and yeah, the animation was a little bit different than what I expected, and that's okay. It was a different art style, mm-hmm. and that was fine. Um, but it was like actually comedic. Yeah, it was really and, funny. And yeah, it was funny, but also again, Pixar very heartwarming, emotional strings were tied, um, but then also wacky and just different and mm-hmm. unique, which was awesome. A very unique take on the classic. You know, not classic, but it's becoming a classic, like, coming out story, which is which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Really good to see. Yeah. And that's it for short films that we watch, and they're both animated. Um, again, if you have something that should be mentioned, let us know. That would be awesome to, to check it out and to, to see more great stories from 2020. Now, uh, our second to last category is going to be TV shows. And this is, again, this is a very short category for us because we're talking about the best that we watched. We did watch a lot of television shows, but the best for us that we had seen. Um, now, it's obviously still coming out, but I'm just going to give it its due. The Mandalorian Season 2 <laughs> has been phenomenal. I want to give it its due. Blue's film is doing a great job. It's kind of funny because I don't know if it was you or someone else we were talking to about it, but you weren't too thrilled with the first 
Was it you that wasn't? I wasn't. Thrilled? I wasn't. I was. I. I still liked it, but I wasn't thrilled with the first episode. Yeah. But then after that, I've been thrilled. Yes. So episodes two, three, four, and five. It's going uphill, not downhill. No, it's yeah, it's going, it's going woof, like just a like a, a beautiful curve, mm-hmm. and with the latest episode five with Ahsoka Tano showing up and the beautiful white lightsabers and her having a battle with a with another lady with a Beskar, um, you know, uh, I want to say staff spear spear. There we go, spear. That was amazing. Mm-hmm. We found out the name of the of the child, Baby Yoda, is Grogu. Mm-hmm. Which I know that some people are like, I don't know if I like that name, but uh, you know, it's going to stick and it is what it is. I feel like whatever the name was, nobody we would have been like satisfied because yeah. everyone's just... Unless unless it was like, this is Yoda's son. Yoda baby Jr. Yoda. No, no, it was just, this is Yoda's son, baby Yoda. That's the, <laughs> that's the only thing that fans would have been like, yes! Yeah. And But yeah, we also found out that Grogu was actually trained for a short time by other Jedi Masters prior to the Imperial takeover in the prequel era. So that's also awesome. We also we find out that Ahsoka's looking for somebody, and his name is Grand Admiral Thrawn. Now, Michelle, the reason why this is awesome, okay, the reason why this is amazing, is because it ties us back to the Star Wars Rebels animated TV show. Because when we end the show, we end with Grand Admiral Thrawn and Ezra Bridger, the Jedi, being sent into the outer, outer, outer rim territories, just the, like the, the 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 back part of space for the galaxy, the unknown regions. I think that's what they call them. Mm-hmm. So, what we could be seeing out of either the Mandalorian or a spinoff series with Ahsoka and some other characters is the bringing back of Ezra Bridger. But here's the thing that could be interesting is that also Din Djarin tried to find a way to get Ahsoka to train Grogu. She decided not to because of her fears of Grogu becoming like an Anakin Skywalker, Uh a Darth Vader type. So she sent him to the planet of Tython to then see if another Jedi would find Grogu and train them. Now, the possibilities here... There's a lot of possibilities. You could have Luke Skywalker show up. A young Sebastian Stan playing Luke Skywalker character showing up. Mm-hmm. Leia could show up as well. I don't know who would play Leia. Yeah, I don't know. But, so, you know, those are two Jedi prospects, kind of, or Jedi-like, that mm-hmm. could help out. But here's one name that's that has been surfacing around. You could also have An- the Force Ghost of Anakin Skywalker show up. The Force Ghost of Baby Yoda, or of Yoda. Which would be interesting. Maybe, maybe, maybe Baby Yoda Grogu's like, Daddy. <laughs> but here's another name that's been circling around the rumor, the rumor mill that could honestly be very interesting. Mm-hmm. Hear this name. Mace Windu. Mm. Mace Windu. Samuel L. Jackson being thrust back into the Star Wars universe. The last time we saw him, he got force pushed he got his hand cut off and he got force pushed out of like a thousand story skyscraper on Coruscant and landed somewhere that we don't know. We presumed him to be dead or at least MIA. So a lot of people getting their hands cut off in Star Wars. Yeah. So you got to be careful on lightsaber play. You don't play lightsaber. 
Yeah. Just like laser you don't play swords? boxing. You mean laser swords? Yeah, I, I, that's why I don't like how they do that. But I guess if you don't know who the Jedi are, then you wouldn't know. So, anyway, so it's it's gonna be amazing. I don't know how or where or what they're gonna do with the show moving forward. We'll see what happens. But so far, mm. amazing. Now I know some people talked to me about the Queen's Gambit, and I did start taking a look into it. It is it is good, but again, I can't really give that much of a big a big a big like thumbs up on that one. Mm-hmm. But it, it looks it looks good so far. Mm-hmm. Okay, and our our last category. Just, I feel like it's a game show. <laughs> a game show. Our last category. Which is which is our biggest category. Yes, just good old movies. Good old movies. Good old movies, and um, the first one is Over the Moon. Over the Moon. Which was a film. An an, by, yeah, an animated film. Done by DreamWorks in collaboration um, with their uh, Chinese-based animation studio. Pearl. Pearl. And they last year, they did their first debut uh, feature film, um, which was about like a Yeti. Abominable. Abominable, yeah. Which was beautifully rendered. Over the Moon takes Abominable and then says, I'm going to one-up you because I'm going to go even more beautiful. <laughs> There's probably only one shot still in Abominable that's probably better looking than Over the Moon. Any mm-hmm. shot in Over the Moon. But Over the Moon... Overall, quality level is just beautiful. Yes. The interesting thing, though, is in Abominable and in Over the Moon, there are the protagonists are both Chinese girls in both of them. Yes. With male sidekicks. Mm-hmm. So I just think that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, I guess they saw what they could do with that film. And then maybe, you know what, in a way, I'm thinking maybe they all they had already planned Over the Moon and they're like, let's test out Abominable first and see how well it does. Yeah, I'm not sure when, when you know when either was started. Yeah, because um, the writer of Over the Moon who passed away due from to cancer, cancer, yeah, unfortunately, um, the story was older than Abominable, so the story was written mm. before. At I least think, the, the first draft, yeah. Yeah, I think before Abominable, so maybe like I don't know. I'm just speculating, but maybe. Um, Abominable was like a test run for Over the Moon. Yeah, but they, you know, it's interesting because it was, it was a Chinese animated film. Um, just beautiful, just beautiful animation, like Pixar level. Like I don't think there's been a. I, we, we have to see what happens with Croods too, and obviously you need to see Trolls World mm-hmm. Tour. We haven't seen that yet. Those both look beautiful, but Over the Moon looks like the kind of animation that DreamWorks has always tried to get to, to try to you know, compete with Pixar. Yeah. But it, it just had that aesthetic and I think that's because of the the direction from Glenn Keane who made his first directorial debut, which is weird. He's such an amazing <laughs> animator. You you would think he would have made another film, mm-hmm. but that's because Disney shot down pretty much all his ideas. Um so he he left and now he's working with Pearl Studio Dreamworks. Mm-hmm. But also the the writing team that kinda took over after the first writer died um, was is the director of another film we'll be talking about more later is the half of it mm-hmm. the director writer of that movie helped with the writing of, of this film Over the Moon so it also had some very very good soundtracks it had a wonderful message about how to deal with loss yeah great film and if if it wasn't for Soul I would say Over the Moon would be my pick for um, uh, at best animated movie of the year hmm even though Onward we'll talk about that next even though Onward was pretty amazing I'd have, yeah, I'd have to say Over the Moon 
made me weep bitterly. Yeah. I was like really trying to hold it in, but towards the end, I just, I couldn't. Yeah. So that one like really hit me. Onward, yes, but not as much. Not as much. No, not I, as much. That, I mean, that scene, I mean, not to spoil it, but just that, you know, that one scene. Mm-hmm. We, you know what I'm, we know what I'm talking about. Um, towards the end, in the third act, mm-hmm. with the scene, I mean, banger song, but just great touching moment about how can we deal with loss. Yeah. That, especially in 2020, mm-hmm. and the way they, they gave a practical lesson for you how to, do, how to deal with yeah. it. Yeah. Beautifully written. Beautifully written. Where Onward definitely was also about how to deal with loss as well. Mm-hmm. But it was, it didn't give us a real practical lesson. It just, it, because you, you know, you kind of just got your answer of like, okay, I got to meet somebody and, you know, I'm, I'm here. But it didn't really hit, like, it didn't say in dialogue, yeah. this is how you deal with it. Yeah. Versus where Over the Moon did it, but it didn't feel like it was trying to bash me over the head with it or teach me. It was just mm-hmm. part of the natural context of what was going on with the story. Yeah, so it was really, it was really beautiful. Yeah, did have some mishaps with the Angry Birds looking characters. Um, the second act. The second act was a little rough, but that that third act and the first act made mm. it all worth it. Woo! Let's go. Yep, and then um, so onward. To onward. Onward. Yes, onward. Um, that movie came out. Um, in March, yeah, and that was right when quarantine hit, and I remember um, Jesus and I and Jesus's friend Jesse did a watch party. We did. That was our. I think that was our first quarantine watch party. Yes. Yeah, that's right. That was the first one, and so that's how we saw the movie. Yeah. Thank you, Jesse. Um, we appreciate yes, you. Thank you. But and also uh, with Onward, it was actually theatrically released and did very poorly. A lot of people speculate that's that was due to that was due to the coronavirus mm-hmm. and then the quarantine. I think also it wasn't in a highly anticipated film, but it actually shocked me how good of a story it actually was. Yeah. This was not the good dinosaur again, which is what I was afraid it would be. <laughs> but it was actually a good film. My only real critique is that the world building didn't that the world building that they sold you on in the trailer and the opening, what, two or three minutes of the movie did not play back into the main storyline of the two brothers. Yeah, not that much. I thought it was going to be a lot more... Because they gave the hint that it was going to be mythical in some way, but they didn't really, like... I don't know. They Because they talked about ancient times yeah, where magic was more prevalent, and they mm-hmm. didn't really go back or give us a connection. Like, was yeah. the dad trying to bring that back? Is there a secret order out there? Mm-hmm. We talked about this in our podcast about Onward, so you can go listen to that more. Yeah. But still a great film. Mm-hmm. And again, if it wasn't for Soul, if it wasn't for Over the Moon, Onward would be my pick. Yeah. For best animated, you know, feature. Mm-hmm. And you haven't even seen Soul yet, and you're assuming it's better. I'm a... <laughs> Pete Doctor, don't let me down. He doesn't let me down. <laughs> I mean, Soul looks good in the trailers. Soul yeah. looks, he sounds good in the music, mm-hmm. I and it's Pete Doctor. I mean, he has a story to tell, so I'm I'm all there for it, brother. Yep. And uh, next, I, I know it's a lot of animated stuff we've been watching, but um, the yeah. Willoughby's. Yeah. That movie was very interesting. It was really funny. <laughs> 
but it was also very weird, but there were a lot of great actors in it, like Martin Short and Ricky Gervais and Bill Hader, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about Bill Hader. No, Will you... Forte. Will Forte, sorry. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, there's just, like, tons of people. Terry Crews played someone that I can't remember Was it the, the Candyman guy? Yeah, the ca- I can't remember yeah. names that well for movies, but, um... Yeah, so, like, there's just tons of um, really talented people. Uh, Maya Rudolph played a nanny. That's right. She was um, great. Her character and her voice acting, amazing. Yeah, she always does a good job. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so it's, like, this family. Um, there are the parents and the kids and the... I'm, I'm getting lost. Well, no, it's, it's an interesting story because it's it's children who have this like long-standing history as being Willoughby's, and they're they're supposed to be like very into their family, but their parents have kind of diverted off the path of how you know being honorable and noble Willoughby's, and there it's it's a story that's interesting, especially for modern times where these adults have had children, but they're they're the most selfish parents that you could ever you could ever find yes. where they don't want to feed them. They don't even want to want to see them. They just want to be by themselves and not have to raise their kids. And so it's just a story of these kids finding their identity as Willoughby's while having to deal with the fact that their parents don't want them. Yes. And uh, so I would watch it. It's very good. Um, it, it'll make you, make you laugh. The kid characters, you know, you've seen some of these same tropes in other animated movies, but I think, the Willoughby's was it did a fresh take on it. Yeah. The animation style is different, so it's a different little art style. But I, I actually really appreciate the art style a lot, and the the, the colors like the 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 reds, the yellows, mm-hmm. the blues really stood out in certain scenes. Um, so it was a great film, and I would I definitely recommend it. And again, on Netflix, Netflix just handing out bangers, man. Mm-hmm. When it comes to animation, last year with Claws, now this year with Over the Moon and the Willoughby's. It's it's really a great place for animation, which is awesome to see. Yeah, and who wouldn't want to see Ricky Gervais as a cat? Yeah, I I enjoy Ricky Gervais's, uh, you know, I enjoyed his cat. It was, it was, <laughs> he seems like a cat character. Yes, and now on to live action films. Yes. Um, some comedies first. Uh, let's let's go with Eurovision. Eurovision is amazing. Which we also talked about in a podcast. So if you yeah. want to hear more about that, you could listen there. Very true. Um, but it was very, <laughs> it was very Will Ferrell. Very Will Ferrell. Uh, but it was like Will Ferrell in a musical, which yeah. I don't think we've seen before. Nope, nope. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it was great. It was Will Ferrell to me. At his finest. And we talked about this in the podcast. He really knows the type of story he's telling. He knows what's his, like, what's his... Forte. Forte. What's his niche in storytelling. And to me, Eurovision hit it on the head. Mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be stupid um, <laughs> in a bad way. Yeah. But it was actually like, like you know, Demi Padre or whatever, you know, uh, like that movie. Casa Demi Padre. Casa Demi Padre. But it wasn't. It was actually really good. It was... To me, it was like um, it felt like a spiritual successor to Talladega Nights, hmm. and I, you know, I feel like that's one of his best films, and so that was it was a lot of fun. Definitely recommend it. Again, also on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Netflix just you know pulling out bangers. Yep. Very fun, very fun movie. Made me laugh. 
um, but also, you know, it made me a little emotional at the same time. Yeah. Good, good, a good love story too, as well. A Seth Rogen movie. It's actually on HBO Max. Surprising, yeah, because Seth Seth Rogen, you know, he he had that film where he was he was kind of messing around with Charlize Theron, mm-hmm. and that didn't do too well. But American Pickle, he went really into the Jew, the Jewish culture, his, yeah. his Jewish background, and told a wonderfully, like a a, a wonderful tale. Mm-hmm. And he also dual acted. Like different roles, like two roles. So yeah, this was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it um, it was really interesting to see how they were doing the split screen stuff. Yeah, um, it's kind of like a throwback to like, um, what's that movie? Parent Trap. Oh, okay. With the twins. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. It was making me kind of think of that. Um, I was actually thinking more Eddie Murphy. Um, oh yeah. Nutty Professor. That's what yeah. I was thinking actually. Um. So yeah, it was just it was really funny. It was a good commentary on where we are as a society when it comes to old fashioned values. That was interesting. That was interesting. Yeah. And and when he was the old Jewish guy. I got a lot of fill on the roof vibes yes. because the costuming was perfect, mm-hmm. and it really like and his acting in those scenes, perfect. Yeah. So that was really great. Mhm. Yeah, I thought it was really funny. Um, it. I think he wrote this too, didn't he? Yeah, he probably he did a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's yeah, it's, it's definitely worth watching, and I think it's it kind of makes you think a little bit about like religion and yeah. your family and your ancestors and descendants ahead of you. Yeah, the legacy you leave behind. Yeah. But also, yeah, how like we're like big part of like what we deal with in society, you know, another film just to shout out would be Irresistible, but uh, unfortunately we don't have it on the list cuz we didn't get a chance to watch it yet, but we will watch it soon. Mm-hmm. But we're in this po- point in society of like you know, you have people who still cling to these very con- traditional, very conservative values, then you have a whole other generation, maybe two generations of, of people in this country who are pushing more towards progressive values and, and trying to you know, include everybody. And, and it's not to say that the conservative traditional people aren't trying to include everybody either, but it's, it's just a different, it's a different mindset. Mm-hmm. How do you merge the two and still come out as one? I don't think the film gave us the answer Mm-hmm. But it gave us an answer, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. You know, because it's, you know, if it's family members, you can still love each other, even though you come from different, you know, timelines. Yeah. So I thought, yeah, definitely worth watching. Um, and next. Oh, I'm gonna, can I, oh. can I enter this one? Sure. One of my highly anticipated films of the year, Enola Holmes. It was just amazing. It mm-hmm. was so good. Uh, I really, really, really enjoyed it. Really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was going to be let down. Now, obviously, like, I know some people, and I agree, like, it would have been nice to get more Sherlock, especially when you get such a high-profile actor to play Sherlock Holmes, who's so built and so rugged and so handsome. It's just (laughs) weird, because you don't think of, you know, and Robert Downey Jr. is not ugly, but you just don't think of Sherlock Holmes as 
you know, my Lanta. Like, what is going on? <laughs> but I think it makes sense, too, because you don't want to make it all about Sherlock. And Enola was just enough a detective for me that it was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, this is... Uh, and act the actress's name Mil- Millie Bobby Millie Brown. Bobby Brown and she finally got to use her British accent that I've got to see <laughs> right because uh, I saw her in the second or the, the the latest Godzilla movie yeah and she played an American girl she's mm-hmm. played an American girl in Stranger Things yeah so this is really great felt I felt like she really owned this and I think she actually helped she to produce produced, yeah. she produced so great 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 job mm-hmm. um and I think. I could see this as a series. I, I I wouldn't mind if it was a sequel. I'm assuming they're gonna make more. Um, they sort of left it open for a sequel. Yeah. So, I'm assuming they're gonna make some sequels. Um, and it also helped Millie to get a new deal with Netflix for some more movies. Oh really? I it's, didn't know that. It's a different. Whole, it's like a whole different story, but she's mm-hmm. gonna, she has like a new deal with them. So nice. She's probably gonna be like the the Netflix star. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for for me, she is the face of Netflix. Yeah. At this moment, I think you know, in earlier years, for you you know, old, older Netflix fans, it would be obviously the creators and actors, actresses um, behind um, that female prison comedy show. Um, Orange is the new. Black. Orange is the new black. But now we've we've really moved from the days of Orange is the New Black to Stranger Things being like the main the main head uh, you know um, piece of story for Netflix. Mm-hmm. Is, there, is there anything else that's just as big as, as Stranger Things? Like P.S. I Love You could have been that, but you know I think it's you know it, its second try was it was good, but it wasn't it wasn't sparking the same kind of um, you know um, mayhem on social media. So I think Stranger Things is the thing for, um, I mean, we'll see what happens with Cobra Kai now that Cobra Kai is being integrated into Netflix, but. Yeah, I think there's a couple shows or films that might have done just as well. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure, so I don't want to say yes or no to that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, definitely Millie Bobby Brown made, I think, opened a lot of doors like through her performance in Stranger Things and like just making helping to make it the show it was, she sort of opened the door to a lot of other Netflix shows getting yeah. made. And like, oh, Netflix does make good shows. Yeah, good original shows. But again, they yeah. did have Origins, Oranges and New Black, but again, that was in the early days of Netflix making original content. Yeah. I think Stranger Things kind of just took that foundation and then you know mm-hmm. went like a thousand times more with it. Yeah. And it's you know it's interesting because. Everyone discovered Millie Bobby Brown on Stranger Things on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Just like we discovered The Mandalorian on Disney Plus and The Boys on Amazon Prime. Yeah. And, you know, whatever shows are making on HBO Max and, and Hulu. But so she is like an original, original Netflix person. So mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting to see. I'm glad that Netflix is giving her uh, a deal. She's actually shown herself that she wants to be behind the camera as well, making stories happen. So I think it's really awesome. Mm-hmm. And next we have Ham Hamilton. <laughs> yeah, Hamilton. Oh, that's how you say. It. Okay. <laughs> no, yeah. So Hamilton. Um, it's not it's technically a 2020 story, but the film was came out in 2020. Yeah. On 2020. On 2020. At during 2020. Yeah. 
And um, so, yeah, I think it was a great story. It was, it was pretty much a story about stories. Yeah. Like, who's going to tell your story was yes. pretty much the whole theme of the the show. Who lives, who dies, who tells your story. Yes, that song. And so I think the theme was very um, applicable to just politics and life during 2020 yeah, and yeah. just everything that was going on. It's just... Michelle, it's, Michelle, you cried at the end, right? I did cry. I teared up a little bit too. It was, it was very emotional. Um, but we, we also did like three viewings three days in a row. On, on, on the opening weekend of it, too. So we, we got a full fill of Hamilton. Yeah. Um, I think I watched two out of three. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like, I, we, we are not very rich people, so we did not have the money to see this in Broadway yeah. when it was going on. But um, we saw it on Disney+, Plus, which we can't afford. And that was nice. <laughs> no, I mean, to be honest, I think the way that they shot Hamilton mm-hmm. and produced it, it was the best scene in the house, in my opinion. I I didn't feel robbed. of. Obviously, it's nice to feel the energy. Yeah. So I would still recommend, yes, go to the Playhouse. But it was it was great to get that, that best seat in the house angle. Yeah. To pause, to go back, you know, to sing along. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was amazing. And it, it was just a great musical great dancing great lighting uh i think a lot of people had a problem with the staging but i think they still did a good job with it and i'm looking forward to seeing a live action musical hamilton done in the style of like the patriot but with song Mm -hmm. that would be amazing yeah so let's let's make it happen disney bring it Mm -hmm. as soon as we'll pay for it yes i will pay i will pay i'll I'll put down the 200 million dollars for it to happen (laughs) yep I got you, With Disney. Your imaginary bank account. Because Disney needs money, <laughs> and I have I have too much of it at this moment. Yes. Yeah. So the next the next uh, movie, I just also want to give a quick shout out to the Five Bloods. I, I am going to watch this. Just want to give a shout out to this film. Um, it looks it looks like a great film. Has some great actors. It tells the story of black uh, military soldiers in Vietnam, and I just want to give a little shout out to it. It's on Netflix as well, and I, I it looks like a good film. So. Um, I just want to give a quick shout out to it, but I didn't have a chance to watch it yet this year. But next film is a film that honestly didn't, I didn't think it was going to be that good. Um, but then watched the trailer, saw the comedy of it, saw the warm characters, and then we watched it and we really fell in love with this film, the half of it. Great Netflix film. Uh, also a lead, uh, a lead Asian character, female mm-hmm. character who is also uh, lesbian. So I thought that was very cool. It was t- it told the story of of what she wanted and her goals. I think in a very respectful way, and that's because the person behind the camera, writing, and directing, is also lesbian. So, um, but also just it was great direction. It was it was a well told story, and it was a fun film to watch from just a comedic standpoint, but also the the, the love story as well. So it was a lot of fun, and I would recommend watching the half of it. Yeah, I think um, Alice Wu did a really great job, yeah. and it's it's a very like it's a very natural story, like the way that it progressed. 
and it didn't feel forced or that somebody was trying to meet the status quo of like, oh, we need a homosexual character in this film. Let's try to like <laughs> change up the script and so it fits. Yeah. It was like, it just, it felt very natural. And I mean, that's something we've been talking about on and off on the show. Yeah. For, it, since you, we started the show. We, but like, if you, you know, you want representation, but you want it to be done right. Yeah, so I think um, just the fact that the the writer and director, Alice Wu, is an Asian queer person, it, um, it made it completely natural and it flowed and the story was really great. Well, I, I, I wouldn't want to go that far. I, I, you can, you, if, if you're not queer, you can still tell a good story about well, a queer yeah. character, but, but I think a... she's just a good writer and a good director. Mm-hmm. And she had worked on this story for years and she knew what she was doing. It was just logically, like from a plotting standpoint, it was well plotted. Yeah. And, and the character, what's great is that you really root for the main character too. Mm-hmm. And I feel like sometimes when, you, when you're trying to tell these stories of the, of the struggling, um, this, this, this struggling protagonist, um, it's very easy to make them mean-spirited and then it's hard to like them. I think there's enough mean but enough niceness and kindness where you really felt like you wanted to root for this main character and see her succeed. Um, and so that was fun. But then what was great too is that she wrote a very like a very awesome um, white male character, to be quite honest. Like, he, he, like having, I forget the actor's name, but having that sidekick character, mm-hmm. that, was, that was really, really awesome. Um, and their pairing together and what their story was all about and how they became friends. It almost seemed like they would be lovers. And that was very interesting. And high school drama and everything like that, that was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that was also another take on... Um, like a very conservative town. Yes. And somebody who is more progressive living in that conservative town and how she has learned to live with them and um, them learning how to live with her. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I I think it was really cool and just, um, yeah, something that you guys should definitely watch. Yeah, very good, very good. Um, Our last film is The Old Guard, mm-hmm. uh, Netflix's big film, along with Extraction. And again, there's so many movies that came out. I, I want to see Extraction, but we, you know, we haven't had a chance to. But we did watch The Old Guard. We just watched it actually last night. It was a lot better than I thought it would be. <laughs> to be quite honest, I thought it was going to be trash. But uh, Charlize Theron gave a great performance. And I think she also was a producer on the film. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, she carried she carried the film, but the introduction of the character Niall, uh, her character Andy, um, just a whole crew of them. And, the, you know, Netflix wants to turn this into a series of movies, so they definitely, you know, left more on the table for you to want to know about what happens to these characters. But Michelle didn't see any of the trailers, any of the marketing. Yeah, I had no clue. Yeah. but So she was shocked about, you know, what happens in, in the story, but... If, you, if you've been looking at it and you think, like, oh, this going to be whack, it's actually good. It was yeah. actually a good story. It, it wasn't super fast-paced that you didn't have a story of something complex for you to, you know, um, sink your teeth into. And it also shed light on a theme of, you know, dealing with the the state of the world and, and, and dealing with evil and, and feeling like you're, the little bit of good you're doing is not enough. Mm-hmm. So that it was really good. I really, really enjoyed it. And the action was brutal 
and it was good. <laughs> yeah. I'm just wondering, like, how many pints of fake blood they had to make. Yeah, they had a lot, because that was. Don't eat, don't eat, don't eat food while you watch this movie, though. I would say that. Yeah. Because it's it's literally from beginning to end bloody. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty it's bad. Not, it's not as bad as Kill Bill, though. Uh, or I don't know. What do you think? I'm trying to remember Kill Bill. I haven't seen it in a while, but um, close to it, maybe? Yeah. But there's just, yeah, there's a lot of blood and gore, so be aware of that. But yeah. Also, yeah, there is some gore. There is some gore. I thought that they, that the story was interesting and it felt fresh the way that they were telling the story of the protagonist and how they had a new character come into their group and um yeah it was just it, it was it was nice it you, it didn't feel like just a shoot 'em up kind of thing like there was a deeper emotional side to it yeah made the shoot 'em up part mean more i guess yeah i think that that's it goes back to Charlize Theron owning the scenes that she's in to set the tone for the deep, meaningful impact. And then the rest of the characters, the rest of the actors could kind of play off her energy. But mm-hmm. she really, to me, some some of her best acting as of late, <clears throat> as of late, um, it was just really well done on her part. But the world-building aspect of it was really well done too. And you know what this film reminds me of? It reminds me of Hancock. Um, and if you know the movie of Hancock, then you'll, if you watch Old Guard, you'll be like, okay, I see, I see what you're saying there. But it reminds me of what Hancock could have been <laughs> if it had been written well and if it didn't have Jason Bateman in it. <laughs> yes. Um, but that's all. Jason, my Jason Bateman thing is, that's a whole other thing. But it, you know, Hancock was, to me, I was really anticipating that movie. Will Smith being a superhero, why not? Totally makes sense. Uh, it's a superhero that's you know gone off the rails. He's like wasted as like a bum sitting on a, on the sidewalk, and he's pretty, he's pretty much Superman when it comes to his powers. And when they tried to unfold the deeper world and context behind it, it, fell flat on its face. The old guard did not do that, and I really applaud the writers for doing a, a great job. And I'm actually excited to see what happens next. Well, I did not see Hancock. so I have no clue what you're talking about. But you, you've heard me rant about it. You've heard me rant about it. Yes. I guess I'll just show you that. We should just do, like, yeah, a bad movies series. <laughs> and it's, it's not bad in a sense, like, it's unwatchable. It's not like Last Airbender um, live-action film. But it is, it is, it is bad. Mm-hmm. But, I, yeah, maybe you should, you should watch it. Yeah. I, I don't know. She might like it because she likes Jason Bateman, so. I do like Jason Bateman. Yeah. And Will Smith. But, eh, we'll see. Yeah. But that's it. Um, we uh, again, apologies for not having any books in here. <laughs> but definitely pick up Ready Player Two. Go support Ernie uh, Ernest Klein, man. The way you said that made me feel like we're stupid because we don't read books. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not saying we're stupid. It's just you know, it's uh, you know, it's it's easy to to click on Netflix. It just really is. Yeah. You know, we're 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 Netflix fans over here in this house. Mm-hmm. And I know everyone's jumping over to HBO Max and Hulu and Amazon Prime, but you know, Netflix you you got us. You got us from the long haul. Mhm. And especially they they keep producing content. That's the thing that was nice is that everyone else like Amazon has the boys, Amazon has like a few shows, and then once you're done you're, you're done with that. If you watch The Mandalorian, that's pretty much your main thing unless you're into high school. High school musical, the high school, 
High School Musical, the musical, the series. Unless you're into that, I don't think there's another series that you could be really that that's that you could be really into besides all the documentaries they put out. Yeah. So, um, you know, and obviously they have Soul and Onward and Mulan and other other stuff, but. Netflix was just like every month it was like five things. I was like, I kind of want to watch that. Mm-hmm. Like every single month during quarantine, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. So they're doing a great job. They really, really are. Before we get to outro, I do have a, a final question for you, Michelle. For us as, you know, we always ask our guests this, but for 2020, we've seen a lot of stories. You know, what is a story that you're dying to tell or a story that you would like to be told um, maybe in 2021, 2022? You're what, asking me? Yeah. What's the, what, what's the story that you're like, oh, I wish we could have got this in, in, in 2020? Is this like a what I would do or is this like... It could be either or. You give me just one answer. It could be either a story that you would write and produce or a story that you just want to see uh, at some point? I'm just gonna go with something that I would do. I have been wanting to make a kind of, it's not like a documentary, but it's a autobiographical series about my parents and their experience in their band when they traveled around America. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think there's some gold in that mine. Yeah, I think so, too. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of want to tell that story. Um, I haven't really thought about what I would want other people to tell. I've just been kind of waiting around for Stranger Things to yeah, finish. I'm waiting for Stranger Things 4 and Stranger Things and Cobra Kai Season 3. Yeah. Um, it would have been sweet to have gotten Cobra Kai Season 3 in 2020, but it mm-hmm. was delayed. Yeah, so I think um, other than those things, for outside things, yeah, I would just want to, I mean, I'm working on the pilot for it, so hopefully I can get the story down and really figure out what my theme is and the arcs that my characters go through, and that would that would be pretty sweet to get that going. Yeah, no doubt. That, that would be awesome. That sounds good. That sounds good. And what about you? What story would you tell? Uh, let's see. I, I don't know if I have one. Like... I'm just trying to think of a story that I would have been nice to have watched in 2020, especially since we've had so much time working from home and being in quarantine. Uh, but since live action remakes or, or, or the first live action versions of stuff um, are, are being put out, definitely, um, you know, it'd be interesting to, to get a live action. Hear me out. <laughs> a live action. Well, I'll say two things. Sorry. A live action... Well, to get the live action Airbender series now this year would have been awesome. Yeah. From Netflix, but the sec but the the real thing I was gonna get to was a live action Magic School Bus movie. Hmm. That I think would be kind of interesting. Or you could do it as a as a series of you know episodic series on like Netflix. That but a live cool. action. Live action Magic School Bus. Hmm. Right, because you're learning. Uh huh. But you're learning. <laughs> you're having fun. I don't know. I just think it'd be interesting. Live action scenes uh, seems to be just, you know, everyone's doing it from, you know, the Pikachu movie last year to Song of the Hedgehog now, mm-hmm. this year. Uh, I mean, why not? I guess I'm worried that, I mean, if they did it right, it'd be awesome. But yeah. part of me is worried that it'll turn into like a Timmy failure 
or something like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, that film. That film, yeah. To be failure on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Or Stargirl. Yeah. Mm. Mercy. No, I think I I don't... Because with, with the Magic School Bus, you actually have stories you can go back on. Like, you wouldn't have to do anything too crazy. Like, I think if you did something along the lines of... Um, what was that film where it was like a guy it was like um not eddie murphy it was chris rock playing um not an amino acid but playing like a white blood cell oh and it had that one old 80s actor yeah he was a live action part portion osmosis jones osmosis jones i think if you do something like an osmosis jones but with updated graphics Mm -hmm. then i think you could have a you can like because one part could be still animated, but then the other part would be live action still. Hmm. I think that'd be cool. I'd be down for that. That'd be interesting. Yeah. I think the last thing I'll say, too, is like, as far as things I, I, I'm not going to be able to produce, um, or I can't write because of licensing deals, but Aladdin 2. Disney, stop halting. I don't know what they're doing, but Aladdin, Aladdin 1 live action was amazing. Aladdin 2, I don't know why we're hearing about Lion King 2. We've heard about Lion King live action 2 already being in the works. I want to hear about Aladdin live action too. Hmm. They actually did a really great job with that first film. It looks great in live action, to turning Agrabah into a real place. Mm-hmm. Let's get the second movie already working. I don't know what's going on with Disney. They're kind of dragging their feet. Hmm. And then that's pretty much it for me. Okay. Yeah. All right, well, that's it for our show today. Hope you enjoyed it. Again, if we didn't include a show that you thought we should have included, please let us know. Uh, you can send us a message or a comment on our posts on Twitter or Instagram and uh, just let us know. But on next week's episode, uh, we're having a very special guest family on the show. We have the Sharp Family Singers mm-hmm. from the wonderful world of TikTok. <laughs> And they have four plus million TikTok followers. They just released a Christmas album. It's on Spotify. So you just look up the Sharp Family Singers on Spotify. You can check out their Christmas album. It's really good. They're a fun family. It was a very fun interview. And we hope you enjoy it next week. Yeah. And if you, the audience, have any projects that you're working on, please let us know by posting on social media with the hashtag MustyCreative. And we will share it and you on the show. That's right. We want to thank our monthly supporters for helping us make this episode of the Musty Creative Podcast. With your support, we are able to create better shows for you, interview more guests, and buy better equipment. So go ahead to anchor.fm slash musty and click on the support button. And that's all we have time for. So remember to leave us a review on iTunes and find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and anchor.fm slash musty. Now it's time to shower up. Give them a satisfaction they couldn't get any other way.